Welcome back to the Grandstand. I am P Money, and we got Ryan F. Knowles in the house. It's actually Ryan. What's going on? It's actually Ryan S. Knowles. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I rebranded your middle name too. Fucking. Yeah. My mom's not gonna be happy about that rebrand, there, bro. Sorry. What do you have sorry, stand Mama for? <laughs> sorry, Mama Knowles. Um, ooh. We boy, did we have a race this weekend, huh? We thought the championship was wrapped up and it might have been a little bit, you know, of a dull moment, but we witnessed possibly the biggest crash that uh we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Um, for me, 100% sure. I don't know, you you watch a lot of indie, so <laughs> yeah, um, I'm still in shock from what I saw this weekend, and I think yeah. that I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. It's, you know, you know, it's, it's huge when, you know, your friends that know nothing about F1, you know, send you videos and ask you about what happened, how it happened if, you know, and yeah, so it went way further than just sort of F1 world. But um, yeah, why don't we roll the intro and uh, kind of untangle and process. This will be like a little therapy session today. Oh, God. Question for all of you except Romain Grosjean. To whom it may concern, fuck you. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access, access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. All right. I don't think anyone was being... I think people were pretty brave this weekend, but we'll get to that. Um, there's one thing that we need to start off with, the usual. Uh, this We have two races left. We still don't have our jingle, but I'm going to let you introduce our, the stats. Stat boy. I'm kind of shocked you actually put a little, you whistled at, in, in the intro, considering how somber you were before in the pre, pre, pre-show. I know, and I'm, you know, I'm, getting, I'm getting pumped up just, you know, talking about this i told you it's going to be therapy we're going to come back and um at least at least we can talk about it in a very positive light could have been way worse but i'll tell you what one thing that i'm not somber about is stats because that's my thing um are you ready for this let's do it let's hear it Uh, let me hang there for a second there all right all right i like like doing that actually (laughs) I know because it def- it fucks with me. <laughs> I'm gonna do it more often now. <laughs> Damn it! You there, Brian? Brian are you there? <laughs> should we go? Should we record? <laughs> hey guys, should we record now, guys? <laughs> All right. So this weekend was the 75th front row lockout for Mercedes. Boohoo! Big deal. Fifth straight <laughs> season that a team locks up the front row at Bahrain. So it does show you that uh, teammates are pretty close together. Uh, Hamilton Bottas Verstappen, 12th time in the top three this year in qualifying. 
that's pretty normal because they're the top three um, in the championship. Uh, this was Lewis Hamilton's 98th pole position. Holy shit. Um, in contrast, Albon's best uh, qualifying performance, he tied his best for the fourth time. Sorry, in P4. Good job. Um, Danny Rick. All right, this is when I say that, you know, Danny Rick has clearly beaten the shit out of Ocon this year because uh, I know you want to hear that. 13th consecutive time, he outqualifies his teammate, and this time by only 0. 0.002. That's wow. a tough one. And wow. I'm going to give you another free one for Danny Ray because, you know, our boy DR3. Um, Danny Ray qualifies in top six for the fifth time in the last six races. So it just shows you that that Renault has got some pace. Can I ask you a question? Um, why, is, why is that a free stat? Like, these are all free stats. Like, I'm not paying for these. And people listening aren't paying for him. So what makes it I mean, it's, that? It's 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 <laughs> like it's just an additional entertainment. Oh, it's an additional oh. shout out to Danny Rick. Nice. That's what I mean. Right, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, it's me doing more research for you guys because uh, I love you guys. Wow. Wow. Did you hear that? You heard it, you heard it here first, folks. You money loves you all. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's my hippie side. All right. Vettel out qualifies Leclerc for the second consecutive time. It's about time he wakes up, but it's a little late. Uh, George Russell reaches Q2 for the ninth time this season. Latifi probably, I think, maybe just, nope, zero times, sorry. Uh, and <laughs> and he was 0.888 behind, um, just because I like round numbers and also because that's a fuck ton. Um, I mean, I got to say, like, Latifi, Latifi is, is, to me, like, I didn't think anybody could be more, like, irrelevant from my perspective than Giovinazzi and, and then you brought in Nicholas Latifi and it's like, <laughs> I, I honestly, dude, it's kind of crazy. I don't think about him during a race weekend. I really don't. And if it's I do, it's because, because somebody else mentions him in front of me. Yeah. I think I mentioned it during the race. I was like, Oh, Latifi got ahead of Russell because Russell botched the start. Yeah. How long is it going to take for Russell to get past him? And next lap, it's like, he's two, two places ahead of Latifi. Like, all right, that was very quick. Um, this is when he gets, this is when it gets really interesting for the stats here. Uh, you know, in the last four races, Stroll was out of Q2 three times, and the other time he got pole position. Go figure. Hmm. Tenth fastest lap for Max Verstappen. And, and this is when we get into the realm of records here. So obviously we're talking about Lewis Hamilton has now led over 600 laps in 2020. It's a record for him uh, in his F1 career in a season and probably one of the most dominating seasons Um by the end of it, 11th win of the season, fifth consecutive win. That's that's pretty impressive. 95th win for Lewis Hamilton. Obviously, that's a new record also. 115th win for Mercedes, which brings them to third of in the all-time list of constructors, overtaking Williams. Ooh, that's a lot of stats. Are you exhausted? Do you need to go take a, bre- a breather? Here, let me get a little sip of this uh, little uh, net wine here. Oh, yeah. Because you have to, you have to say nat wine, right? Like you have to. Yeah. Is that like you Don't, can't just yeah. say wine like a regular person? You got to be like, it's like <laughs> like you're vegan, you know? I've, I'm vegan. Oh, I'm drinking nat wine. <laughs> By the way, I'm not vegan, but yeah, uh, you are vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty goddamn close. <laughs> I didn't bring it up, but you're right. Vegans are always 
find a way to tell you they're vegans yeah. without you asking them. <laughs> Actually, that happened. Be- that happened last week uh, during because it was here, Thanksgiving here in the states, and uh, oh god, of course, a friend of mine texted me like, "What are you making for Thanksgiving?" And I completely forgot that they were vegan, and <laughs> I texted him a photo of this giant bird that I was I was uh, brining, and <laughs> they're like, "Well." And I, I had like some other stuff on the side and I was like, they're like, well, sad about the the turkey, but everything else looks kind of nice. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, right. You're vegan. Oh, but you're kind of asking for it. If you're asking someone what they're eating on Thanksgiving, yeah, you can't I be, mean, like, that's what a little you, provocative, you know? Yeah. Anyway, back to the formula one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to formula one. All right. Now we've taken the edge off. We're going to get a little serious. Um, the start. Uh, Bahrain is usually, you know, it it can be quite the procession, especially if everything's played for. But boy, did we have a start. Um, At the front, not much was going on. But at the back, Romain Grosjean moved over, went over Kvyat's left front tire, and all of a sudden, veers straight into a barrier. We see an explosion. There's a mushroom of fire and smoke. And the race was immediately red flagged, of course. And the images we saw later, it took a while for F1 to actually show us the crash, obviously, because I think they wanted to do their, their due diligence in case we had a catastrophe. But I I do feel that everyone at that moment like stopped breathing for a second. I don't know about you, but my heart was just pounding. Oh, dude. I mean, I, I like... I mean, I'm going to say what I think a lot of people thought. I was like, there's no way whoever's, because we didn't know who it was at first, you know, for like, I think first like two minutes, there was a little confusion as to who it was. Um, And then I I thought, I was like, whoever's in that car cannot be alive. There's no possible way. I mean, not only from the, the force of the impact, but then from the explosion and being in the car. I mean, oh, God as difficult as it was to watch though um i think it puts the sport into an incredible perspective for those who watch it yeah we i think we're we're saying on our on our uh bde shit talking group there that we we take the sport for granted you know obviously we're armchair um commentators and analysts <laughs> and we can do everything better than lewis hamilton uh from where we're sitting i'd never say um, that you assholes do <laughs> maybe ian does our buddy ian yeah <laughs> but we, we we all we all kind of you know we all make some outlandish claims and you know at the end of the day it is an entertainment and you forget like that these people are risking their lives and this is a big reminder of how dangerous the sport is and also of how much safety has, you know, come along in the past 30 years, uh, probably starting with Senna uh, in 94 and also more recently with Jules Bianchi. And if it wasn't for the Halo device that uh, came under a lot of criticism, I think, from pretty much everyone. I mean, even Grosjean himself was introduced. used to, was, you know, who's, who's on, who's the head of the, the, um, the driver's GPDA. Yeah. Um, even he gave it flack. And then, I mean, this week he's, he's basically said it saved my life. So, um, and 
And yeah, when you look at the images of the the crash, first of all, I think the the most impressive part was you rarely see fire, right? right. Uh, these cars are designed not to catch fire, but the fuel cell obviously leaked. But I think it was Ross Brown that said that there's 100 kilograms of fuel in a race car to go throughout the whole race. And that was only a few kilograms. He said if the whole tank had burst, like it would have been way worse. So even though there was a slight you know, failure there, it wasn't as big of a failure as it could have been, thank God. Well, considering, the yeah, most I mean, considering yeah. it was the beginning of the race, like that is a full gas tank. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that, yeah, he was mentioning in that vein is like, yeah, if the whole tank exploded like that, okay, let's not even go there. But uh, what happened, like for me, before, because we saw the images of Grosjean emerging out of the fire yeah. with his left racing shoe missing, his visor and helmet melting. That was, I mean, I'll never forget that image, but the helicopter shot that showed for the first time the backside of the car where the engine is separate from the survival cell gives me chills still to this day. Yeah, man. I mean, the only, so I was at, the only thing I've ever seen that's even close to comparable in my life, um, and I saw it in person, was when Scott Dixon crashed in 2017 at the Indy 500 and Mm. you know his car went up the back wheel the back right of I think it was Jay Howard's car went in the air hit the um, barrier to the left side of the track car went into the catch fence and split into there was a little bit of a fire but um, somehow he only walked out with a, a, a bruised ankle I mean and and it's incredible. And then to see what happened this weekend, like um, I think all the drivers too, if you watch the, the, the post race, all of them were like, uh, I didn't know an F1 car could still do that. Like just blow, break apart like that. Yeah. And also the fire part, like I don't think right. there's been fire in a crash since the nineties. No, I mean, yeah, Ross Braun was saying it too um, in, in the uh, the post-race show with Will Buxton. He was like, I haven't seen that much fire in, in decades. Yeah, it's insane. And when you look at the survival cell and you look at the – did you see the halo, how badly the halo was, was chipped? Yeah. Like basically – I mean, there's there's no more discussion. Like, there, there might have been a few years ago, but there's no discussion anymore that that's absolutely necessary. Um, I think Karun said it best. He's like, "Yeah, okay, uh, this ends the conversation moving forward. I'm not like I don't want to hear it anymore." And what happened was that the Halo device, which is made out of titanium and it protects the driver's um, helmet and his head essentially from uh, a collision, that's what pierced the barrier. But ultimately, that's also what allowed Roman Grosjean to get out of the car from the other side of the barrier, which is crazy. So not only did it, you know, stop him from getting hit in the head, which would have been fatal, but it also allowed him to get that escape route as well. Yeah. I mean, you look at the survival cell, like once the fire's out and it's, you just, it's incredible to think that somebody could have walked out of that or jumped out of that alive. Like I, I I don't get it. I don't, I mean, <laughs> who was it? Our buddy Diado was like, he made a, he had to make a deal with devil. There's no way you walk out of that car alive. Um, <laughs> I think he said it like five times. Yeah. Like, All right. But he said it yesterday too. He's in, but 
real talk. Like he, I'm still in as much shock as I'm sure he is. And, and I'm just, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I give the FIA and Roman Grosjean a lot of shit on this podcast. Um, but I'm going to take a step back and say the FIA is, should be praised for continually pushing uh, the need for safety, um, safety updates in the sport. And, you know, they'll go back and they'll look at the drawing board and they'll see, you know, why did the car split? Why did, um, why did the, the, the car go, you know, burst into flames? Um, I mean, I think we're lucky, like you were just saying that the actual fuel tank didn't explode. Um, but everything that was put in place worked. Like literally everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah. the all the, the safety ca- protocols, the car, the safety protocols, the medical car following the pack uh, on the first lap, which was instrumental in making sure that you know the Roman could get out of the car. Um, you know, the halo. It's just it's really incredible to see that, and I think the FIA deserves a, a pat on the back and and um, and more. And I think Roman Grosjean. Um, you know, it's hard to look at the the incident and say like, well, who's at fault? Especially at the beginning of the race, there's so much going on on track that it just has to be narrowed down to a racing incident. I think, um, you know, he's going for a gap. There was traffic that was slowing down, um, which probably you know limited what he thought was going to be this enough space to get through, and ultimately the bet didn't pay off. And I think at the end of the day, like these drivers, even if something they do puts them at risk, just getting in the car itself is a risk and they do it for us. And that's, that's incredible. So I, I I just have Mm -hmm. to say like, I'm happy that he walked out of that car because my heart sank when, when I saw that I was like, there's uh, wow. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that we can actually have some laughs on today's show because otherwise it would have been, would have been somber. For sure, for sure. And I mean, I echo that sentiment as well. And we've given shit, a lot of shit to to Romain over the over the years, especially because he is one of the most vocal drivers inside the car, reminding his you know race engineer like you're not the one risking your life out here, and. Yeah, it's just a sharp reminder that you know there is no zero risk in in racing. But also for me, I want to look at all the positives. Like you pointed out, um, the medical team was there and ready to do their job right away. They brought they brought him out, brought him back. They um, evacuated him to a, a military hospital super quickly. Um, the fact that he got out of the car on his own, like drivers are trained to get out of their uh, um, like the the. You know the position where they're in their car with the belts and out of the car. They train during the off season to get out under ten seconds. Obviously, there's no fire, uh, so yeah, I think he got out in just over uh, eighteen seconds, which is still like out yeah, of it, was, it was about twenty seconds. Yeah. He was sitting in the car afterwards in those flames. Yeah, and there, you know, there there was talk at the beginning of the year that you know they have new race suits this year um, that are slightly heavier. And that also withstand fire, uh, basically for it doubles the time of which a driver can sit in these uh, situations with that much uh, fire. And it was it went from ten seconds last year to twenty this year, which pretty much lines up to what Romain was 
how long he was sitting there. So all these little things that, you know, all that work that's happening in the background, you know, like we give the shit to the FIA, you know, for little things and like and incidents on track and, you know, giving penalties. But safety wise, there's a lot of work that most oftentimes doesn't really get, you know, recognized. But now's the time to really, you know, applaud and uh, take a second. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also said, give them big, big, big praise for the, um, for the marshals on track. Um, well, there's one who kind of had an incident. <laughs> Are you talking about the one that crossed, <laughs> yeah. crossed the track that yeah. right in front of Norris? Yeah. yeah that was wild. The man's yeah. got a death wish, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that was scary. Cause Norris was, I mean, an F1 car has a huge acceleration potential. Like that guy was, it was probably just like straight survival instincts. Like, Oh shit, I got it. Yeah, go, you know? He probably didn't even think yeah. about it, but yeah, it, but I, I have really to say, brave if you think about it. Yeah. It is. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, you know, I want to give it to the, 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 the track too. I mean, the way that they responded and then we're able to get a barrier up to let the mm-hmm. race go on in the way that they did. Um, I mean, it's, an, that was incredible too. Um, just absolutely professional. Like the whole, the whole thing was, and, um, yeah, it, it makes me love the sport. Like it, I don't know. Yeah. It just makes me love the sport that much more. Yeah. And you know what I really loved is when he got out, like the whole paddock was just staring at the screens, obviously. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you know, gave him, you know, everyone stood up and applauded him. Um, it just shows you like how much of a family everyone is. And yeah. yeah, it was just pretty cool to see that, to witness that. And I think Danny Rick wasn't really happy with them showing the images, but I do feel that it does bring the fans closer yeah. to Seb- this. And I'll Obviously, if, if if there was a fatal accident, I don't think we would have seen those images. Oh you no, know, absolutely not on repeat. Seb Seb to, Seb also echoed um, echoed Dr. Three's sentiments a little bit, um, which I mean, on the one hand, I totally get it from a driver's perspective. You know, it's tough for anybody to watch that, let alone the family members of of the drivers. Um, you know, but I think you're right. Like in in Gunter Steiner uh, also spoke to this um, that <clears throat> with an incident like that, you, I think the FIA and for, well, formula, this would have been formula one um, formula one made sure that he was out of the car, that he was, he had survived um, before they decided there, there was a, there was a long delay before they decided to show it too. It's not as if, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that's I what think, we were all freaking out also on our, on our end. Yeah. I mean, I think, there's a shock value to it that um, everybody's probably still getting over. And I, I can see it from the driver's perspective. Um, but it is also part of the sport and something that everybody has to confront, whether you're a driver, you know, the drivers have to confront it the most because they're the ones sitting in the car, obviously. Um, but that's a risk that, you know, you take when you get in the car. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I think all of them allows, allowed all of them to get back in the car afterwards. Um it's something that was addressed too when, um, you know, in, in at Imolo in, in 94, when, when, you know, we lost Senna, um, you know, I remember that, that interview with Sid Watkins and he said, <clears throat> who's a, the former uh, medical chief for, for F1. He's like, you know, the drivers were really contemplating not getting back in the car. Um, mm-hmm. and I think another time that that happened, the only other, other time that I can remember that happening was an Indy car when Dan Weldon died in 2012. Um, they stopped the race, but you know, yeah, it's, it's a tough spot when you see such a big impact and you like getting your head back in the game for, 
even when you know the driver's fine, it, I mean, that must have been rough. You could tell all drivers were shook. Like, I, I, like for me, signs, uh, they showed signs a lot, but also um, K Mag, you could tell his teammate, like, you know, he was definitely, you know, shooken. So, yeah, props to the drivers for going back. Uh, and going back to like the car, the way it split, I wonder if that's in the end, ultimately, if it wasn't a good thing that the car split where it did, because the survival cell is designed to keep the driver safe. But that if that engine, if that fuel cell was leaking, it probably was good that it wasn't leaking all over, you know, that close to him. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not an engineer. So everything, you know, works out. There might have been an element of luck in that. And, you know, thank God. And the Halo did its job. Everything did its job. Everyone, you know, went well. And yeah, we uh, could have been way worse uh, just in terms of impact. Um, he hit the barrier at 220 kilometers per hour. And it was a 53 G impact, which means that the deceleration on impact, Roman Grosjean had to basically endure 53 times the weight of his body on that shock. Yeah. Wow. And 136 that's, miles that's an hour. Wow. I know you like your KMH, but I like my MPH. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you look at the the you know the replay, it just goes from like full speed to just like a stop, you know, and that's yeah. wild. Well, the one thing that I, I was happy that if I or that Formula One uh, didn't decide to broadcast was the uh, the on onboard going into the barrier. I think that would have been <sighs> watching that would have yeah. Just, because you you know you know that camera was still intact and he they oh, actually yeah. started showing it but they cut it I think someone from the you know the TV director unit just cut that really quickly before you know we saw too much of it yeah so you're right you're right about that um, but yeah uh, I think I mean my quote of the week definitely echoes this whole thing and it's from the man himself um, in which he confirms how long he was in there so. Roman goes because Roman then was evacuated and you know there were rumors that he had broken ribs but apparently it was just a little burns to the the gloves because the gloves only last 10 seconds and not 20 seconds like the race suit and no broken ribs at all and yeah he's you know he's still recovering he's spending another day I think in the hospital just for um checks and just to to make sure uh, his lungs are fine and all that. And he will miss the next race, but he does want to come back for Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I was just going to say, he's, he's saying he wants to be back for the last race, which I mean, nobody would, nobody would criticize him for not coming back after that, you know, but it's, but it is his last, it's probably his last race in formula one if he does come back, but yeah. And I do feel that after that, he's probably going to take a break from racing for a bit, especially knowing that he's a family guy and all that. And and he, I mean, you'll you'll hear in the quote. So Roman says it felt much longer than twenty eight seconds. He was talking to the French TV. I see my visor turning all orange. I see the flames on the left side of the car. I thought about a lot of things, including Nikki Lauda, and I thought it wasn't possible to end up like that. Not now. I couldn't finish my story in F one like that. For my children, I told myself I had to get out. I put my hands in the fire, so clearly felt it burning on the chassis. I got out. Then I felt someone pulling on the suit, so I knew I was out. Essentially, the medical team saved yeah. me. Well, and he yeah. it's crazy because you look at his face after he's taken his helmet off, and he just looks uh, he looks like 
he looks like you'd expect somebody looks after they've been sitting in a burning car that just got totaled. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the guy just looks like, how did I survive that? You know? And and I think (laughs) it just embodies how we all felt was just, wow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just, um, I am so grateful that, that I, I'm okay. And I'm, yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm, I'm like getting choked up thinking about what the <laughs> yeah. other side of it, like we w- like watching that live. Um, it's something that we haven't really had to deal with as fans of, of, of formula one, at least in this generation, not, not for a long time. Um, well, not in five years since, uh, Jude Bianchi. Yeah. Yeah. And his mom, his mom actually, you know, came out and she, she sent a message to the French commentator saying, you know, um, that the halo was introduced after her son's accident and because of her son's accident. And she's, and she's really happy that it saved uh, Roma's life today. And she was really grateful for that. So that was, I hate to say this, but like there's something, something with, with French drivers recently and like accidents, man, like, I don't know what's going on over there, but I don't know. Yeah. There's a bad cycle. Yeah. Cause you know, Antoine last year, mm-hmm. uh, it's rough, man. And, uh, yeah, the French, well, the French we, need to like, you know, I don't maybe, see a voodoo witch or something i don't know like it's reverse the curse <laughs> yeah hopefully i mean hopefully we won't have any of these accents in the near future no you know, we need we just need some we need some racing we need to get back to racing um did you want to bring up your quote of the week um yeah i mean i i think it's it, it just echoes my thoughts on on the replays and the criticisms that came from some of the drivers about mm you know, Formula One's decision to broadcast uh, the accident uh, a few times. You know, I think, <clears throat> I think for me, just before I, I read it, I think it's, it's a tough call, right? It is a really tough call. And as a director, you've got to make you either, I think they made the right call to not show it until they confirmed Roman was out. And I, I have to say as a fan, I don't like seeing those images. What I appreciate about seeing them is that it gives me more perspective on the risk these guys takes and appreciate what they do um, even more. Right. I think that's the importance of, of being able to see that. I mean, mm-hmm. could they have not played it as many times as they did? Sure. Um, but they did. And I don't think, I don't think anybody's worse off for it. Um, personally, um, considering that Roman did walk out of the car. Um, so anyway, um, you know, I think what's really, what I love about Gunter Steiner is that he just, you know, he's always just a straight shooter. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) He's so good. Um, do, and I don't know if you saw, like, after the race, he just dropped, like, four or five F-bombs live on Sky Sports. Yeah, to, to the medical driver, he, he was like, "I." he's like, thank you. You're like, fuck, man. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, oh, Gunter. I love the Sky team. Like, oh, apologies for the colorful language. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't mind that. But, you know, if kids are watching, I guess it's a problem. Um, Obviously, yeah. Gunter. <laughs> um, but, yeah. He um, he basically said, and I'm paraphrasing here because it's a pretty long quote. But he basically said, um, it's important that people see the risks that these drivers take, and that's what I think it showed. 
So I, that's, that's my, that's also my take on it. So it's a sharp reminder and, uh, it, it is, it is, you know, it is interesting that Roman Grosjean has been part of some of the biggest accidents that uh, we've seen like in this decade. This one, obviously, which goes immediately at the top of the list and also Spa 2020, 2012, sorry, when there was, you know, four cars, including two world championship contenders in there. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely had his fair share of close calls and, and yeah, uh, hope to see him in Abu Dhabi because we do have two races left. And um, you know, there's one thing that's going to come out of this as well is that I don't know if you saw that video of uh, Grosjean in the hospital with his um, hands all uh, banded <laughs> up. You know, yeah. but that is like the funniest gif ever. Like someone needs to make that. You know, now that we can be all be relieved that he's okay. Like it's a hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have to laugh at it. Right, <laughs> and he, he looks pretty drugged up too. Like, yeah, dude, he looks fucked up. <laughs> I was like, I'll have what he had. Yeah. <laughs> Hook me up to that IV. I want it. Uh, yeah, dude i I didn't want to like I didn't want to poke fun too early, you know, because um, he did just go through a pretty traumatic moment. But I think you know having some levity and like taking being light about what happened um is important like yeah he looks (laughs) looks uh, i don't even know what he looks like he kind of looks like the stay puff marshmallow man or like the michelin man or something just like the hands are just comically large with those band-aids yeah like the bandages sorry (laughs) and his smile and the fact that he was suspended his arms were were, you know in this loop Oh man! Well, the race did actually continue. Um, we we waited an hour and a half. They, you know, as you said, the track officials and marshals and uh, builds, you know, a, a whole new um, barrier out of concrete blocks. And it was pretty impressive how quickly they got themselves organized there. And obviously, uh, Massey was there overseeing everything. And we had a restart. We had a, a standing start and. <laughs> I think as a turn three, we have torpedo in full swing again. Dude, full launches land stroll in the air. Who ends up flipping his car? It's like this race can't get any more crazy. This is wild. Like, yeah, come on, guys. And strolls strolls message was reminiscent of Hulkenberg. You know, I'm just sitting here hanging out upside down. Yeah. Here's like, can a you pig. imagine? Like yeah, a can or was imagine? it a cow? He said a cow. Yeah. Yo, Hulk. Yeah. Can you imagine like how long it must? feel for you if you're upside down waiting for someone to come get you you know and he actually he like crawled out of there which was also like another comic uh i thought it was a pretty funny scene but i mean i uh, I was a little shocked that like the marshals didn't push the car over to let him just get out that way but i i mean i think he was already getting out as they pulled up so yeah he like slithered out of the car yeah yeah it didn't look good, you know. I was like, "Oh shit, this is like we had a near escape. What's going to happen now?" But it was almost too. It was it was like too too soon. It was like really another car, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you know nothing was you know nothing wrong with stroll. Um, but that was like the beginning of like disastrous day for uh, Racing Point. Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it's hard to like come up with you know superlatives for him now, but another display of just, you know, how strong he is. 
not because he won, but also just because like where Botas was all weekend. Um, Botas was just not there, and he just it just seems like he hasn't shown up. I don't know if he's been getting like really drunk since like Lewis won the championship, but um, <laughs> he's been, like, <laughs> dude, it was. It went back to like Botas. I don't know if like we we're on like 4.0, but I used to like on Botas 0.3 there because that was like a very Ooh. old version of Valtteri there. Um, I just, and actually one that's, that doesn't suit him. Like it's not him. He's not that bad of a driver, but he just was terrible this weekend. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, uh, I think it's, it's just, he's probably at a point where it's like, he just feels a little defeated and, Let's let's also not forget he's had some shit luck this entire season, like um, he's had no actually over the course of his entire time at Mercedes he's had pretty bad luck, um, you know and like it's, it's pretty and, and, unlucky to just to be Lewis's teammate first of all yeah that's, <laughs> yeah I mean that's that that's definitely unlucky um, yeah and let's I mean the unluckiest thing happened in the last twenty four hours was of course oh, they've. But, 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 but before we get to that, you know, let's you know, let's keep that for those who haven't heard that. There was someone who was more unlucky than Botas. Oh, this race. well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't. Get, I mean, you can't get more unlucky than what happened to Checo. Yeah, it is. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want a stat that never was? It's a new concept. Oh, what? The hell is it? <laughs> Hear me you out. Can't Hear just me invent out. shit, dude. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm just being creative here. Um, Checo had a podium, obviously, in Turkey, brilliant race, last race, and he's never had two podiums in a row. And he, in a racing point, by the way, he he was way faster than his teammate all weekend, qualified well, fifth, best of the rest, um, beats Albon, who for once you know was able to qualify in fourth, which is what he should always qualify in with the difference in speed that he has over the middle, the midfield. And he was in P3, going strong, and the bulletproof Mercedes engine, or maybe it's the MG UK, we're not sure. Anyway, f- smoke comes out, and a sure P3 turns into a DNF, and a double DNF for Racing Point, and it gifts Albon, out of all people, the one he's fighting for, that Red Bull seat, the podium. So I think it's the Checo curse, so I was just wondering, is this a sign of bye-bye Checo? And is this the luck that Albon was looking for to, ma- to maintain that seat? Mm, I mean, you want me to answer that? Because I, I think you you and I have different opinions on this. Um, yeah, let me know. Like, what's what's your what's your take I, on this? I don't. I don't. You know, you're you're you've got this theory that because Red Bull is you know owned by is owned 51% by a Thai family that, you know, it's in their interest to have a Thai driver at Red Bull, which makes sense. Totally, totally valid mm-hmm. point. Um, that being said, I don't think the decisions are made at Red Bull that way. Um, and, you know, if the goal of Red Bull is to be competitive and if Al- Alex Albon isn't giving, he lucked out today in a way that, um, you know, s- Lewis is lucked out similarly because of, of, of things like that in his past as well, but he's Lewis. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we call, you know, it's actually what they call in hockey, um, a good bounce or a bad bounce. It's like, you know, the, the a puck, bounce. Yeah. So like hmm. the, the, the puck hits the ice in a, in a way that gives you a goal or, uh, you know, for the, the other team, the puck hits the ice in a way that 
you know, gets a concedes a goal. So, um, mm. you know, where Albon was in the position to, you know, to pick up the pieces, um, if there was something that did happen with, with Checo, but, you know, I don't think it was, it, it's not like this happens consistently, you know, it's not like Albon's performing at a level that puts him in a position to pick up the pieces if there's a mistake made by somebody else. Um, and so for me, no, yeah, you're right. I, I don't, I, for me, if I'm Red Bull, um, I mean, Checo beat the shit out of Albon this weekend. Sorry. Like, he, no, <laughs> he no. Did. And you said this, you said this this weekend, like, uh, Albon, Checo has no right to be in P3, but he was because he just drove the shit out of that car. Um, did you just quote, you just quote me there? I did quote you. You're going to owe me for that. I'm going to send you an invoice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you have to send me an invoice. I don't know. Um, I think it's more that way. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's called royalties, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but it's called marketing. I'm giving you credibility. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Touche. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm validating your point, which means, you know, it gives you more cred in, in the world. Anyway, um, my point is, though, is like, like I, it's, I'm having a hard time understanding not bringing Checo in. He's got money behind him. The dude is a points beast. Um, he knows Machine. how he's, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he doesn't, I don't think he's been given a car that's really been able to put him on the podium consistently. But when you consider the difference between Mac, if you have a lineup that's Max in Checo versus Max and Albon, I mean, you, I'm sorry. You'd have to be stupid not to take Checo. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think that's not where the, um, that's not where my issue is because I, I mean, we all agree that Checo is a better driver than Albon, and he has more experience. He's a tire master. We all know that. The thing is that we also know that F1's a money business, and the thing is that what I did, what I did notice this weekend is that. Um, Christian Horner did wasn't quick to praise Albon's podium. He said, "Okay, he was there. He did his job." But they also said, uh, I think today or yesterday, that they were going to make a decision at the end of the year. Yeah. So I've also heard first rumors that I still maintain my position that Albon um, is racing nationality because he's he has the dual nationalities. He's British and he's uh, Thai, right? He obviously grew up in in London, I think, and or in the outskirts. Um, I do think that's a strategic move, and he probably got their Red Bull, you know, sponsoring, you know, um, with that. And you're right; they're not going to make that decision like that because he was dropped uh, from the Red Bull program at one point, right? And then he got called back in. Uh, that's how he made his way in F1. It was a big surprise. Um, but I did hear a, f- a first rumor of him having the role of a reserve driver, which would mean that he wouldn't even be racing next year for AlphaTauri in in the case of Checo signing for Red Bull. So there's still a lot of rumors floating around. What is what is clear though is that, that Red Bull clearly wants or Honda wants to put Tsunoda in that second Alpha Tauri seat and that your your best friend Kvyat is out. Yeah, I mean that's what it's looking like right now. I mean you know it's interesting because Kvyat was involved in both incidents and then got a 10 second time penalty this um as well. For the stroll uh, incident. For the stroll yeah. incident. Um, you know, I don't think he was really at fault for what happened with Roman, but um 
No. Yeah. But yeah, let's be clear about that. Yeah. But, but, but the stroll incident, uh, 100%. It, you know, the, the commentators called it a racing incident. Uh, there was like, there was a gap there, but it was too late for you to go for it. So like you should have backed off and like saved it um, for another, like try, try again. Um, and it's just consistent with him. So I, I was a little shocked because after the race, he was about to lay into Roman. And then he was like, actually, then I saw the explosion behind me. Um, and I just, yeah. I, did, I, did, I was just like, Oh wow. I just hope he's okay. Um, you know, and I know is, is humility. We don't, typically see from him um but yeah I, I i just i i think i think the the red bull situation you're right sanuda like they're they want him to eventually they want him in a seat at least because they're leaving it doesn't matter at this point but which is also something that has to be considered like red bull are they just going to put a japanese driver in because their their engine manufacturer wants him in and who's leaving in in two years, in a year and a half, two years, whatever. I'm actually surprised of how much Sunuda, um, how, how sure people are that Sunuda is getting that seat. You know, um, it makes sense, but it doesn't, it also makes sense that he could spend another year and a half too for me, you know? So it is, it is a little unclear. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how that all plays out. Um, but let's move forward to like this third place midfield battle. Cause so after the engine failure, Checo didn't score any points. Racing Point, which was clearly pulling away at that point in the constructors, is now uh, gone down to fourth position. And it's McLaren with a strong P5, P6 result, or sorry, P4, P5, with Norris and Sainz coming from 15th to 5th, that is in third place right now. And it seems like Renaults are slipping back a little bit. We saw, I think you were not really happy with the whole Ocon. Uh, holding up Danny Rick, but I don't think it had any impact on the final result. Um, although after like thinking about it and looking back at it, I do agree that he should have let him go by because he was faster. But that battle is going to be oof, two more races. And although Racing Point has that clear pace advantage, it seems, um, it doesn't seem like luck is on their side. I don't, I mean, at this point, <clears throat> I mean, at this point, Renault is unless Renault has a like something wild happens in the next two races and it gives Renault like a P three and a P four. Um, and then the other two don't, don't perform. Uh, Renault's out of the picture, but, um, I mean, it's McLaren's to lose at this point. If you ask me, seems like it. I mean, let's, let's also talk about the drive that Carlos Sainz had. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible. Um, bringing it back from, from P15 uh, to finish. Starting on stops, yeah. Yeah. P5. P5. Yeah. P5. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, it's been interesting because McLaren's also had some bad luck this season as well, especially Carlos Sainz. Um, and I think Ferrari watching Sainz' performance this past weekend probably made them realize that they'd made a pretty good decision. Yeah, and that, there's a really good battle between Science and um, and uh, his future teammate Leclerc. Mm-hmm. Actually, twice they battled, and twice Science came out on top. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. I, I like that uh, you know that storyline brewing for 2021. 
Um, I need to mention that Botas also his bad luck. I think he had two punctures in this race, and one of them was in the last lap of the race. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if he had a DNF? I was like, oh, that would be so. That would just be so typical for Valtteri. Like after that, he would. I would just see him like throwing his arms like, fuck it, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, just park the car, get out. You're like, whatever. Um, Two more races. Give it to, give it to the reserve driver. Oh. Oh. All right, before we get to that, uh, Pierre Gasly P6 uh, got, kind of got lucky with that safety car. We did end the race on a safety car uh, because of Checo's engine failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gasly, who was like struggling on those tires, manages to pull in a P6, and I'm happy for him because that is a strong result. Um, but now we need to get into some uh, post-race news. Um, Roma's fine, which is amazing. Um, Fiti Paldi was confirmed as his replacement for next weekend in uh, they're calling it the Sakir race, the oval or square or like whatever you want to call the outer track. And there's another big news is that uh, Nikita Mazepin has been confirmed as the first of the new Haas drivers for next season. And we do think that Mick Schumacher will be the second, but yet to be confirmed. But today we also woke up to another big one. Yeah. I was going to point out after you know, the seventh title that Lewis was being a little lax with his mask and everything and high-fiving people. Well, it turns out that on Monday, a test came back positive for COVID-19 and Lewis will miss the Sakir race, the next race. But also there's a lot of talk of him missing Abu Dhabi as well. So that's huge because now there's a seat at Mercedes for someone to race in, at least for one race. I mean, is it, Who's that? Is it that huge though? Like they've wrapped up the championship. Oh, what's what's huge about it? I mean, it's crazy that he's got it. I'm a little shocked about that, but I mean, it doesn't. The implications aren't that big from from like a, a points perspective. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I I didn't mean in terms of Lewis. I think you know because I I kind of laughed when I saw the news and someone said, "Oh, why are you laughing? He got COVID." I was like, "Well, he's fit. He's an athlete. He has mild symptoms. I think he'll be fine." Yeah. I'm just saying it's huge because someone is going to have the opportunity to drive probably one of the most dominating cars ever. True. So I, I meant it in that way. I, I have no um, doubt that Lewis will be back. And I mean, obviously, I'm hoping for a speedy recovery. Like, I don't wish any of these drivers ill, even Kvyat, if he had COVID. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, same. Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, uh, he's going to get better. But there are strict quarantine rules. And I think Will Buxton uh, tweeted, and it was a bold tweet. He says, it looks like uh, Lewis's 2020 campaign comes to an end because they have strict quarantine rules. So I'm not going to go ahead and say anything about that yet, but I am curious to see who will um, replace him for the next race. Well, Van Dorn is apparently flying in to Bahrain this weekend. Who is, who is the official reserve driver for Mercedes and Racing Point. Well, but funny enough, though, like I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes aren't going to use him. Oh, 100% agree with you. It's he. <laughs> I mean, with all due like, respect to Stoffel Van Dorn, like, I don't, I don't see. They're like, ah, he's probably not going to be that competitive. Get, yeah, get Hulk the, in that seat. You know? I mean, yeah, it's the obvious choice. Hulk knows the Mercedes engine. He's raced it twice this year. He's German. They like him. 
you know he's on that first flight. You know he's probably already in Bahrain. Um, <laughs> I mean, sir, oh I yeah, love all the- I'm just yeah, I'm just here uh, casually yeah, I'm going. On, I'm on vacation at the same time. Weird. Well, there's I a love second the race. Drivers. Didn't know that. The amount of drivers that were like, you know, uh, tweeting at Mercedes, like there was F2 drivers that were saying like, hey, I just got a podium, Teletras. I got got a podium last week here. Just saying, I know the track. Uh, That's a long, that's a long, a long shot, obviously. But Hulk, I think for me would be the favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if Van Dorn got it. I do think that for me, I would love to see Russell in that car. Yeah, but but I don't think think that's going to happen. Nuh-uh. No way. It's a bad bad move for Williams, and it's also a bad move for Merck, because if he beats Botas right now, that's tough, because they just gave him that contract. Like, that would be really rough for for everyone, you know, (laughs) to disrupt, like, the, you know, the celebration. Can you imagine if if George Russell got the seat and then beat Valtteri? Whether what be, if his uh, yeah. <laughs> what if his first points finish would be in a Mercedes and he would just win the race? <laughs> Unreal. That'd be bold. That'd be a 2020 move, though. I'd love to see that. <laughs> it'd be, uh, it'd be so, so 2020. That'd be like probably the, the biggest 2020 move of the year. <laughs> so we so we don't know who's replacing him yet at this moment, um, and we don't know if he will be able to come back to Abu Dhabi. Uh, maybe we should add that as our predictions for the Stand Championship because that's also coming up to an end pretty soon. And in the last race, we were pretty terrible. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, we uh, we both only got points for Hamilton pole and Hamilton uh, victory, and um, which you know doesn't change anything in our um, in our point standing. Although Perez, if I if he had gotten that podium, I would have gotten that one point five. But you know, let's not look at what would have happened. We're at sixty one points to forty seven. Yeah, it's tough. Knowles, you got you got you got two races, and you got to take some big risks. I think. I mean, big risks. It's more like I just need to get something right. Um, you need to get that Grosjean moment right. Yeah, at least. Maybe even twice, well, Val- dude. Valtteri did me no favors last weekend, so I, I almost <laughs> want to stop choosing him. We both went Valtteri and P2. <laughs> yeah, and then Max P3. Um, uh, it is my turn to go first, so sorry to cut you off. But yeah, I will, okay. Well, I will go, go, that. Um, go ahead. Um, I will take it, and uh, I will say that, you know, we're going to Sakir. Lewis Hamilton's not going to be there. I do think that Valtteri Bottas' luck needs to end at some point, and it's a fast track. Yep, it's going to be Bottas' pole, because he needs it. He needs it, he wants it. And uh, my podium is going to be, it's going to be, you know what? Max is going to win the race. Bottas is going to finish second. And let's also not forget that they're using the outside layout mm-hmm. for this. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fast race, fast race. It's going to be a fast, fast race. Um, and I do think that um, our friends at Renner are going to be doing really well on that track. Uh, but I do think that, you know, Perez is going to go out with a bang. I'm putting Perez on P3 and which means that I'm putting Perez best of the rest. And the Grosjean moment, you know what? Fittipaldi's first race. <laughs> I don't want to jinx him because you know I, I we actually met him in winter testing. He's a good, he's a good, he's a good guy. Uh, I like him. I'm not going to give it to him, um, but I am going to give it to Latifi. 
Ooh. He doesn't really have many Grosjean moments, though. I gotta, I will say that about him. No, but, you know, this was a first. <laughs> yeah, he's due. He's due. <laughs> he's due. What about you? All right, this is, now's your chance to take some major risks, Knowles. Well, what's a major risk? I don't really understand your point. Like, taking a major risk could screw me, so. Um, yeah, the thing is that you need to score points that I'm not going to score. That's how you need to think. I don't know why I'm giving you these tips, man. Like, the well, these aren't tips. This is just basic knowledge. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Valtteri. I think Valtteri takes pole. Valtteri P1. I can't believe I'm doing Valtteri. this. Valtteri wins. Okay. It's bound to pay off at some point, dude. Um, I don't think Max gets P, P2. I think I think we're going to see... I'm, I mean, the Renaults showed a lot of pace up until Sunday. Um. I think we're going to see a Renault on the podium. I think. Hmm. I know you're not going to say Ocon, so no, absolutely. I know not. it's Danny Rick. No, it's yeah. gonna I mean, Danny. obviously, it's, but it's going to be Danny Rick. Hmm. I'm just curious how these engines hold up and the tired tires hold up on this 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 circuit, like on this this layout. So, mm-hmm. um, P two. You know what? I'm going to have to give it to Max probably. Um, and then P3, I'm going Danny Rick. All right. You know, that was my, I hesitated with Danny Rick for that. So this, this could get interesting. So you're also, you you also have Danny Rick for your 1.5. Mm-hmm. This is the big one. The five point Grosjean moment. Who's it going to be? Mm. You know, I want to say Kvyat, but he doesn't go. He doesn't usually have back-to-back weekends where he's involved in incidents. Um, and Fittipaldi's kind of a, a, a shoe in, right? Yeah, he's never. I mean, this is his first F one race ever. So. I think I'm going. I'm going Fittipaldi. <laughs> I like that. So that see, like that's a bold move right there. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, throw the oof. rookie under the bus. <laughs> yeah, nice welcome, Knowles. Yeah, <laughs> dick. <laughs> Don't fuck that's up. It's like, the only reason why I didn't put. It. I was like, I believe in you. No, you're like, you're gonna fuck up this weekend. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I just said you're gonna have a Grosjean moment. Is it bad? Can we say Grosjean moment anymore? Considering what happened last weekend. Uh, can uh, we? I mean, we. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you also pointed out that it was his fault. <laughs> so. I mean, he did make the decision. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to call that a Grosjean moment, but <sighs> it's tough. <Let's> see. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's 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 a tough call, but anyway, no one put him there, so we don't have that debate. That would have been a pretty uncomfortable situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but definitely give him driver of the day because he made it, and we're grateful he's there. And I actually, I never thought I would say this, but I really want to see Roman Grosjean in Abu Dhabi race his final race in F1. And, you know, close that chapter of his life um, and then go on to Formula E probably um, in a very healthy way. Uh, and also super pumped to see what Fittipaldi can do. And I'm surprised you didn't take that risk of putting Russell on the podium because that would also be pretty bold. But <laughs> I mean, come on, really? That, Russell on the podium? That'll be Rock. Oh, man, that would be the greatest storyline. All right. I'm getting too excited. We have three days. And it's going to be Bahrain round two in Sakir Oval style. (laughs) 
I love that you guys are all just saying oval style Europeans. <laughs>